0: It's a powerful process. So if I think of my 34 years of building businesses, Mm -hmm. the most powerful thing I've done by far, nothing even close to second is creating a painted picture. I stumbled across this by accident and here's how it unfolded. I was, I built a million dollar business after eight years in the junk removal business. And I thought I'm not in the greatest industry in the world. There's no branding. It's fragmented. I don't necessarily have, well, I didn't have the education. I didn't have a lot of money. What am I going to do here? I was in a bit of a doom loop. And so I went to my parents. They have this little summer cottage, little shack on the water, about an hour from Vancouver. And I went and sat down and I took out one sheet of paper and I said, Brian, No more doom loop, enough negativity of you've got a bad business and you're not good enough and all your friends are gone off to university and so on. What could you do if there was just pure possibility and nothing was in your way?
1: Hey, visionaries welcome back to the show i have such an exciting guest for you today and you can probably hear it in my voice because i'm buzzing with excitement and i just got off the interview with brian scudamore brian scudamore is a founder and a serial entrepreneur and if you don't know him by his first and last name you probably know his companies 1-800-got-junk Have you seen those trucks? Have you used their surfaces before? He also is the founder of WOW One Day Painting and Shack Shine and he's also an author. He's a very notable Canadian entrepreneur and he's also just an incredible human being. He's very down to earth. He has so much wisdom to share and quite honestly, one of the most impactful business tips that I ever received a few years ago, was going through his painted picture process. And he describes exactly what a painted picture is in this episode. And honestly, I just loved chatting with Brian. He has been on my dream guest list for many years. I've actually told his story many times in The Visionary Method, because I'm very inspired with how he took an idea literally an idea he got while sitting in a McDonald's drive-thru, and he turned it into this incredible franchise company that now has hundreds of employees, franchise partners across the world, And it all started with an idea and purchasing a truck that would haul junk around. The original company was called the Rubbish Boys. So I think you're going to learn a lot. And honestly, if you are interested in getting into business and want a really good starting point, I would highly recommend reading Brian's book. It's called Build Your Own Business or BYOB for short and reach out to him on instagram he has offered to give you a snapshot of his painted picture and to tell you exactly how to do it i think this is an incredible concept that every single person should be doing This painted picture landed them on The Simpsons, on Oprah, on Dr. Phil. There are so many incredible successes that came from this concept. So without further ado, I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's get into this interview with an incredible Canadian entrepreneur, Brian Scudamore. Brian, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I just mentioned before hitting record that you are our first episode of season 11, five years into recording this podcast. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have an amazing Canadian entrepreneur. And we're so excited to hear your story. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah, I'm honored. Thank you. And I, I can't believe that 11 seasons, five years. That's a You've talked to a lot of people, so I'm honored to be one of them.
1: A lot of people, and I think you've been on my list for actually a few years now, so this is a dream come true guest, and I think where I want to start is I was recording an Instagram story today expressing my excitement, and I thought, I wonder if 1-800-GOT-JUNK has one of those little emojis or GIFs that you can add as a story, and go figure, there's a truck that's actually a motion, movement, graphic, and I was like... Do you really feel like you've made it in the world when you have your own Instagram GIF? <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. I didn't even know we had one, so now I've got to actually look. That's yeah,
1: I mean, I know you're active on Instagram, so you'll definitely have to go check it out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know who made it, but yeah, I think that's a pretty great accomplishment to add to your resume. So very, let's very let's rewind a little bit. I know that there is a drive-through in in Vancouver, at a McDonald's that was kind of the origin story of the idea for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So I'm wondering if you can kind of rewind the clock a little bit and tell us what went through your head when you were sitting in that McDonald's drive-thru and how the story evolves from there.
0: Yeah, I was in this drive-thru, 41st in in Arbutus in Vancouver and I remember sitting there just wanting to order a cheeseburger. And my life changed in a moment. I saw a beat up old pickup truck in front of me. It had plywood sides built up on the box. It said Mark's hauling across the side. I was trying to figure out how I would pay for college. I was one course short of graduation from high school. I talked my way into college. I needed the money. And it was a tight labor market at the time in 1989. And so there I was. I looked at Mark's truck and I'm like, I'm going to do that same thing. I went out and bought a pickup and, uh, two weeks later it paid for itself. The, the business paid for itself. And I had a company called the rubbish boys, which was the initial idea of just hauling away junk. Everybody's got junk. People don't have the time to take it to the dump or they don't have a truck. And we provided a service. And then what funded my college education, the rubbish boys ironically, inspired me to drop out of school. I was learning much more about business by actually running a business instead of studying in school. And I made a very bold decision, bold to me, because my father is a transplant surgeon. He's done more schooling than anyone I've ever met. And when I told him I was quitting school to become a full-time junk man, he just about fell out of his chair. But years later, here we are, I've got a great business and love what we're building with a lot of phenomenal people.
1: Did you ever have any doubt that this was possible for you? Because I know so many of us, we get these ideas in the McDonald's drive-through, but then we're also washed away with all this self-doubt of who am I to do this or what if it fails? Did you face that? Or have you always just had this can-do attitude?
0: Well, I'm definitely a can-do person, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have doubt. I mean, I, I have doubt uh, every week, I'm sure, if not every day, there's times where you're like, oh, how are we going to make this happen? And sometimes you just stay so focused and believe in your vision that one day it does happen. But for me, it's sort of like these following peaks that keep on happening where you climb one peak and then you're in a valley of doubt, but then you climb the next peak. And so big things continue to happen in our business because we've got such amazing people working hard on building a billion dollar business. We're about, 600 million in revenue. So we're on our way towards that billion. Mm -hmm. And by no means is it about the money, but I throw out that dollar figure to give a sense of significance and scale of what we're building. Mm -hmm. It took me eight years to get the company from zero to a million in revenue. And now we do a million dollars in the morning. It's exciting to see what we're building, but the lives we're changing for customers, for our employees, for our franchise owners. That's what keeps me going every single morning. Um, but doubt. Doubt's an important thing. I think doubt is about embracing a situation and going, okay, why don't I believe and what will change my thinking? So a, a quick story. I had 11 uh, franchise experts in the world that I went to go meet with when I looked at franchising the Rubbish Boys and calling it 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Mm-hmm. And I went to meet all these people from a senior VP at McDonald's to a franchised consultant. And they all told me that my business wasn't franchisable. So there is doubt right away when you have experts tell you it can't be done. But the question I asked them and I made lots of notes on was, why can't it be franchisable? What's in its way? What would make it franchisable? And they gave me the answers that I needed to retool my model. And at a later date, I went back to a couple of these experts and said, what do you think now? And they were like, wow, I think you're on to something. And I made the business work and here we are today in a a very successful franchise organization, not just with 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but we also own Shack Shine, which is windows, power washing, gutter cleaning. And then we've got Wow One Day Painting, where we paint people's homes in a day. Mm -hmm. So not only were we told we couldn't franchise, we were told we couldn't be in the painting business, it would never work, but we've made it work. So I think doubt can be a fuel that if you allow it to create concern in you and get you to ask creative questions, once you figure out how to solve those questions, um, it's powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that. You didn't take anything at face value. Like they told you, oh, this can't be done, but it's like, let me go a layer deeper. It's almost back to, first principles thinking of, okay, well, what's the underlying issue here and how can I ask a better question that's going to allow me to crack this open a layer deeper? Because I think people are so quick to dismiss an idea if it's innovative or visionary. That's the name of this podcast. It's like when you are somebody who maybe thinks outside of the box a little bit, you should almost expect to be met with doubt and to get used to the fact that people may not see the same vision that you do. And that's okay, right? You even mentioned the peaks and valleys. This is inevitable in the journey of entrepreneurship. And I think that people don't talk enough about the valleys that we have to navigate and are quick to show the wins and the successes, but sharing these stories that, you know, you could have quit at that moment, but there was something in you that said, you know what, I'm just gonna keep going and Mm. and see what is actually underneath this person's doubt and can I move through that or apply a different technique to see if this is possible?
0: Yeah. I think one of the difference, one of the key characteristic traits of entrepreneurs is that when they hear, no, Mm -hmm. when they hear something can't be done, it lights a fire beneath their soul where they're just like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I mean, if you even look at the sign behind me, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Yeah. (laughs) I love when someone says this can't be done. Mm -hmm. I often say as well, when you said, um, Not everyone will see your vision. When someone doesn't believe in your idea and you start to see the masses don't believe in your idea, you might actually be onto something. It was experts that told me I could not franchise this business. Mm -hmm. They had franchised hundreds or thousands of businesses, but they said mine cannot be franchised. Mm -hmm. So how can you take that no and let it light a fire to get you to go, okay, let me figure out what would make this business work.
1: Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we
0: have it, it. Can you imagine all the times if most people as entrepreneurs heard no and said, oh, OK, you know, they just the, the world wouldn't be the place it is today if people didn't challenge the status quo and try and do things differently?
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember back to some of those early successes that really gave you that feeling that I'm onto something here and Rubbish Boys, and which is now 1-800-GOT-JUNK, this actually might take off? Like what were some of those early wins that gave you that drive to continue on and that fueled the fire to think, I should go all in on this and keep going because there's something here.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest, earliest sort of most tangible wins was we ended up on the front page of a local newspaper, the biggest newspaper in Vancouver at the time called the Vancouver province. Cool. And I remember a bus driver passing us that day when we were on the front page (laughs) and he took his paper from the side of his chair and he (laughs) held it out the window going, this is you guys. And I'm like, I know how awesome is that? Mm -hmm. Now that was us again, calling the press, telling them we had a story for them, listening to any sort of, Rejection and refining it to give them the story they wanted. And it was probably honestly a slower news day. We got a bit lucky. I (laughs) mean, ending up on the front page with our truck, with our phone number, our phone number is 1 800 got junk. At the time, it was 738 junk. It was a local number only. And to have that on the front page, you know, who gets advertising like that, especially for free? So that told me someone loves our idea. They love that this is a student run business as a way to fund college and learning the entrepreneurial life by getting out there on the streets. There was a story there. And we were right that we were onto something because we ended up parlaying that same story into press from the Oprah Winfrey show to the Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. We took a simple story and started telling it to the world. And it allowed us to grow from Vancouver to Toronto, through the United States, Australia. Um, it's, the, the momentum continues to build, which is what I love.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna get to a couple questions around how the heck you got your name shared by Oprah, Dr. Phil, on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. etc. But first, uh, I kind of want to stay in that early chapter of getting the business off the ground. You didn't have any experience starting and scaling businesses, so I'm curious: Were you just learning one day at a time? Did you enlist a team of mentors? Were you nose deep and in- personal development books, marketing books. How did you figure it all out in those first 1 to 2 years? Because a lot of people they're probably wondering like, okay, well you were a high school dropout, so you didn't really know what to do, so how did you figure it out?
0: Mhm. Yeah, I'm still a high school dropout, right? I never <laughs> finished high school, I never finished college. I to say, Kelsey, that I figured it out is it wouldn't would never be fair. I, I still haven't figured it out. I mean, the mm-hmm. world changes, right? We get hit with COVID, we get hit with unemployment and inflation. We've never got it figured out. And again, that keeps it fresh. Yeah. I, I look at challenges. People go, oh my gosh, the economy, we're in such a tough spot. How awesome is that? We get to learn, we get to be better, we get to try new things and innovate. So I think for me, it was um just really trying to know that there are so many places to go for answers and opinions. So mentors, as you mentioned, I did not get my own MBA. So I created what I called my own version, which was MBA mentor board of advisors. Mm -hmm. I would read a book and I would just connect with that author and I would literally pick up the phone and, and get in touch and say, hey, I loved your book. This is what I learned. What do you think about this? I would go visit other entrepreneurs in different cities. I'd knock on their door and just say, can I ask you for some time? Um, Fred DeLuca, who he's since passed, but the founder of Subway, was one of my greatest mentors ever. I bumped into him at a conference, said hello. We exchanged words for 60 seconds. He gives me his card. I call him up and we built this relationship to the point that he came to visit our office to see what we had going on. Mm -hmm. So, why not learn from others? I am I, a big believer, and I start to see this more and more as I get older, that some of the most experienced people in the world, the more experienced you are, you think further in a box and you're just restricted. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I was 19 years old starting a junk removal business with zero business experience, that was a gift. Yes. Because nobody could tell me, well, you know, you've got an MBA and here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. I just had to figure it out my own way and in doing it my own way we came up with some unique ways of doing things that we've kept to this day
1: Yeah, it's an interesting visual of the older you get, the more constraints we feel like we have on us. And we've downloaded all these programs that tell us you can't do this or you've never Mm -hmm. seen it done this way. So I think that's interesting that because you were younger, maybe you did have that limitless kind of Mm -hmm. mindset. I know that one thing that keeps you in that visionary space and continuing to challenge what's possible is by this idea of having a painted picture And I'm curious where that concept came from and if you can talk about that to our listeners, because that's something that the moment I heard you describe that story of your painted picture, Mm. it really resonated with me. And I thought, I've never even done anything like that before. So how am I supposed to dream beyond my current circumstances? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Hey visionaries, I'm popping in with a super quick announcement and that is to first ask you a question. How would you like to have a marketing expert and a mindset coach in your back pocket for the next 90 days? How would you like to change the way you do business in 2023 and beyond? Would you like to make a gigantic leap this year? Well, Emily and I know that one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs face is striking that balance between mastering your mindset and fine tuning your marketing strategies. It can be really hard to find time for both when you're constantly working in your business, but now's the time to change that. That's where your 2023 LEAP comes in. This is a 90-day program that myself and mindset coach Emily Elliott are hosting together, and we kick off on February 1st, but there's early bird pricing right now on until January 16th. So inside of your 2023 LEAP, you're gonna master your mindset and your marketing in just 90 days. You're gonna save time by doing both in one program. You're going to be able to take big leaps in your personal goals, your professional goals. So if you are ready to 2x or 5x or 10x your success, you know you need to unlock your mindset. And then you also need those precise marketing strategies. So we are going to teach you those things. So forget about trying to figure it all out yourself and instead plug into this 90-day framework that starts on February 1st. We're going to equip you with the tools to unlock your mindset, to call in abundance for 2023, and we'll be equipping you with the precise marketing techniques to layer on top of that mindset and to see an influx of client bookings in less than 90 days. We're doing all of this without investing in complicated funnels. I promise you there's none of that. You're not going to need to read a million personal growth books because Emily's going to deliver the exact tools you need to unlock your mindset. And you don't need to continue to write a million notes down about your goals and what you want to achieve because we have the frameworks and the workbooks for you inside of this program you're getting access that's the biggest thing so you have myself to access anytime throughout the 90 days you have emily a mindset coach for a full three months and all of this just for a fraction of what you would pay to work with us privately so this is a group coaching program Uh, we have a sample of the curriculum up on our website which i will link in the show notes here and you're also gonna get a few bonuses if you sign up before January 16th. So if you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out. You can go to kelseyridle.com/two zero slash 2023. And we are so excited to start working with 20 individuals who want to access the tools and techniques they need to reach their 2023 goals. We're going to be meeting on Zoom every single week for 90 minutes. You'll have homework. You'll have guidance. You're going to have a group of people who are equally excited about making a big leap this year. So if you're going to make any investment in your business in 2023, Why not invest in the Marketing and Mindset Hybrid Program? This is not being taught anywhere else. And Emily and I are so excited to gather this epic group. So early bird pricing, like I said, is going to end on January 16th. So the value of this program is over $12,000. But if you sign up before January 16th, you can get it for under $2,000 and we have a payment plan. So you enroll for just $332. That gets you started. That gets you your onboarding email. We'll send you your onboarding package right away when you enroll, and Emily and I are going to read through your intake form. We're going to start to compile some exact resources that you can get started with, and then we kick off with our onboarding call on February 1st. So again, one last time, that link is kelseyreidel.com slash 2023, and we cannot wait to see you there.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you the story, but of course, but before I forget, if any of your listeners, viewers want a painted picture, a copy of what it looks like, as well as a process of how to create their own, they can go to my social media, at Brian Scudamore, and just say, can I see your painted picture, please? And we'll fire you off one. it's a powerful process. So if I think of my 34 years of building businesses, mm-hmm. the most powerful thing I've done by far, nothing even close to second is creating a painted picture. I stumbled across this by accident and here's how it unfolded. I was—I built a million dollar business after eight years in the junk removal business. And I thought, I'm not in the greatest industry in the world, there's no branding. It's fragmented. I don't necessarily have, well, I didn't have the education. I didn't have a lot of money. What am I going to do here? I was in a bit of a doom loop. And so I went to my parents, they had this little summer cottage, little shack on the water, about an hour from Vancouver. And I went and sat down and I took out one sheet of paper and I said, Brian, No more doom loop, enough negativity of you've got a bad business and you're not good enough and all your friends are gone off to university and so on. What could you do if there was just pure possibility and nothing was in your way? What could you do with this business? So I started to write and it was a little bit of a Jerry Maguire moment, if anyone's seen that movie. And I said, we will be in the top 30 metropolitan centers in North America by the end of 2003. That would have been five years into the future. I said, we will have clean, shiny trucks, friendly, uniform drivers. We'll be the FedEx a junk removal. We will be on the Oprah Winfrey show. I came up with big, crazy ideas. By the time I reread this painted picture after writing out one page double-sided, I looked at it and I said, wow, and I got chills. And I was, remember, I'm like, I can see this all happening. I took the picture from my head as an entrepreneur, put it down in writing and said, This isn't where I'm going to try and go. This is where I'm going. I see myself taking this trip, this journey. And I took the painted picture and over coming weeks, I started to share it with people around me, friends, family, and employees. And my employees separated into two camps. One camp that said, Brian, you're smoking some hope dope here. Like Mm -hmm. good luck getting on Oprah and so on. (laughs) The other half said, wow, this is compelling. I don't know how we're going to get there but I wanna get there with you. And it weeded people out of the company. It had us take this vision and we made those things happen. We went from one city to 30, 16 days before the deadline of the painted picture, we hit our 30th city. Is that coincidental? No, it is having a clear path that you create over time to get to the place you're trying to go. So again, not to overcomplicate it, but I wrote an article on it, happy to share it, send me a note. Mm -hmm. Um, It is powerful because most people sit there and they, they doubt themselves as we talked about earlier. If you doubt your own ideas, rather than commit to them, put them in writing, doubt will just make them go away. But by committing to them in writing and then sharing them with your friends, your family, people that will support you, your team, And people start to get excited about your ideas Mm
1: -hmm. i mean again the
0: walt disney stuff it started with a simple idea yeah create the happiest place on earth what did they do they did it and they did it together so i I could talk i could do 10 podcasts in a row on vision i just love it Mm -hmm. and if you look at anyone that's been successful in life by their own definition of happiness they've made money whatever they've done to be successful um rock stars in the world have, they've all had a vision Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: you can't do anything great in the world without first starting with an idea. Then you share that idea and that's where magic can happen.
1: I think one of the most interesting things too, is that you said you had to go to a creative place. Like so often I feel like we can be in the constraints of the four walls of our office. And we're like, oh, I'm just not able to like dream as big as I want or I can't get through this goal setting or strategy. And -hmm. it's like you need to get out, right? Like it's in Mm -hmm. the details that are surrounding you and getting out of just that mundane environment that perhaps is not stimulating you. So I think that's an interesting part of the story, too, is that you didn't do this in an environment where maybe you hang out every day. It was like, go to the cottage or go into nature and mm. just allow yourself to maybe tap into parts of your brain that you don't normally get access to when you're mm. sitting in front of a screen, right?
0: 100%, and and even when we are as we are today, you and I, you're in Paris, uh, Ontario, and I'm in Vancouver, and. We talked before getting on this podcast about uh, my background. My background, as you can see it today, is real. It's not a Zoom background yeah. because I get to constantly look at myself in the mountains with little yes. with a little, it, with <laughs> a little bear that. poking its head out and motivational quotes. Mm-hmm. What we surround ourselves with on a daily basis, I think, is incredible, incredibly yeah. important. Mm-hmm. And um and your environment just plays such a big role in where you get your energy. So I love being back in the office again. I love being in a busy, bustling coffee shop where there's this buzz and energy and I feel like I'm a startup entrepreneur with my laptop working away in a Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Like it's important where we put ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, when somebody asks you where O2E Brands is today, how do you describe everything that's under that banner and give the listeners a picture of where you're at today?
0: Yeah, so our parent company is O2E Brands, which stands for Ordinary to Exceptional. We started by taking the ordinary business of junk removal and making it exceptional through the right people and customer experience and our branding. We've now done, done that with Wow One Day Painting. Most people paint a home in two weeks. We paint it in a day with the same quality. It's just a numbers game of number of organized professionals inside the home at one time. Uh, we've done it with Shine. You know, Christmas lights is the biggest portion of that business right now. And boy, do we make home shine. So if I look at all three of those businesses, what binds them together? I think I said it before, but I feel like we're changing lives. Franchise Mm -hmm. partners come into this business and they go, I've got a platform to start a business. I don't have to do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. Or they come in and they get a business education that's so much better than what you could ever get in an entrepreneurship school by doing So we've created this unique way of taking ordinary people and ordinary businesses and just shooting for that bar of exceptional in everything we do. We make mistakes. Not all our brands are firing on all cylinders all the time. It's life. We learn, but we're really proud of the people we bring in. I'm wearing this hat today. It's all about people. Mm -hmm. We find the right people and we treat them right. And that's the secret sauce to our entire business So when I define ordinary, it's just ordinary good people that are becoming exceptional in everything they do with us together.
1: Mm -hmm. You have a great chapter in your book too, where you talk about the fact that business is all about people, your team, your customers, the way that you guys have such a customer focused approach, like let's Mm -hmm. make the people feel amazing. It's so interesting how so many service business businesses that goes overlooked, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no interaction, there's no going above and beyond and creating a memorable experience. And it sounds like that's one of the things that you said right from the beginning, we're going to do this differently. We're going to change lives and have meaningful interactions with our customers rather than just delivering a mediocre service or product.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And I said earlier, we do things differently. So as an example, most companies would hire people and train them on customer experience. Yeah, We hire people that just get how much <laughs> you need to care about fellow human beings mm-hmm. and just put them in a position and let them go, yeah. you know? And, and so our belief is if we take care of our people, they will take care of the customer. If we take care of the customer, they will take care of the growth of our business, our <laughs> profits, our reputation. And it works yeah. simply. So most people, mm-hmm. most companies I think put the customer first, we put our people first. We just launched a program uh, actually yesterday where we are taking what most companies would do as statutory holidays are you get Christmas off. Well, you get Easter off. Yeah. Well, what about people that celebrate different holidays, whether it's Diwali or the Lunar New Year?
1: Yeah, You
0: take what holidays are important to you and you take them as your stat holidays. So again, our, our people would see that as that's a a move that allows us to show that we truly care about each other and our differences mm-hmm. versus just trying to say, here's what the company wants and we're going to do it this one way. We give some flexibility to our people. They'll give flexibility to our customers and mm-hmm. it all works its magic.
1: It's so cool because it's like a baked in referral and word of mouth strategy that when your people are happy, your customers are happy, when your customers are happy, they're so delighted to talk to their neighbor and say, you'll never believe what an amazing experience I had. And sometimes that can be such a key pillar of your marketing strategy and the growth strategy, as you mentioned. So I think it's something that you guys do exceptionally well. And it's something to consider to any of the listeners who have a business. It's like, do you prioritize your people?
0: Mm -hmm. The power of referrals and everything. It's so, you know, even if you look at how you and I met Brandon Fong, he's got a podcast, I was on it. And he reached out. He goes, "Oh, I know Kelsey wants you on your pod on her podcast. You'd be great. You guys got to connect." And so, referrals. If we take care of each other and people in this world, honestly, it it, it is like magic. It just becomes easy.
1: Mm-hmm. So I know you're often thinking about the future of where you guys are going. So I'm very curious if you were to magically go 20 years into the future and see mm-hmm. that o e Brands is a hundred times the size that it is today, I, yeah. what is your best guess as to why that massive exponential growth had happened?
0: People, no surprise, just people. <laughs> yeah,
1: I figured so that. <laughs> the
0: scalability in our business is when You've got somebody that just figures out how to lead and run a business and take care of their people when you can then have them show others how to do that and put them in another business. So part of the reason why we've got Wow One Day and it's so successful is we were able to take people from 1-800-GOT-JUNK who said, listen, I want to be a part of this next brand. I want to take everything I've learned in 1-800-GOT-JUNK and do that for Wow One Day Painting. Yeah. We've got, you know, someone that worked in the call center in 1-800-GOT-JUNK who jumped ship and went over to WOW One Day Painting and now owns a franchise. Mm-hmm. So to me, the scalability, what would get us to 100 times the size is having so many more great people continue to spread the love of all their learning and and everything they figured out um, into other brands.
1: Amazing. And as entrepreneurs, we're always learning, we're always needing to acquire new skills. So one of my final questions to you is, is there a skill or something that you are currently learning right now in order to continue growing and building this company as you would like to?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm trying to figure out how to better connect with people in our business as the company grows and scales. So we have 700 employees between two head offices I sadly don't know everybody's names. You know, I try, but I've got to figure out a better system. So the current best thing I'm doing to try and make this work is every new employee that comes into the organization, because we're more virtual today with people working all over different countries, I send them a welcome video, a personalized video from me citing something personal about them and a little one-way conversation but i get a lot of videos back from people Mm. saying how much they appreciated the welcome and they you know have some words back so it's trying to figure out how can we scale the rapport building in a real way you know my one of my biggest portions of my job is to figure out how to cheerlead the culture how to champion the connection between great people Uh, And it's harder when, you know, when it was a three person little office as the rubbish boys. I mean, we (laughs) ate together, we drank together, we worked hard together. It's different today. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's exciting, but you definitely lose that. So I'm trying to learn and figure that out. If anyone uh, has figured that out and has any ideas, I'd love to hear from them.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's incredible to hear from someone like yourself that you do make the time to send that personalized video message because there are people who I'm sure are not as busy as you are who are like, I don't know how to connect with my audience. And they're just shouting and mass marketing on Instagram. But it's like, why not go back to that one-on-one connection where somebody feels a true emotional connection or a real relationship building attempt from you? And I think that goes a long way so it's neat that you're able to do that video on your own time but it still fosters a deeper connection than you know just sending out mass emails or sending out mass welcome letters so i think that's Mm -hmm. really admirable that you make the time and space in your calendar for that despite how busy and how many other things may fall on your plate
0: couldn't afford not to you know i love doing it but it's important
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before I let you go, you do have an amazing book, BYOB, that I would encourage everyone to go out and read. It's so practical and just has so many great stories from your entrepreneurial journey. So thank you for writing that. It's an incredible resource. Uh, But what else is going on? Where should people connect with you, find you and stay up to date with what's going on with ODE Brands?
0: Yeah. Just put my name into Google and you'll find <laughs> social media and different articles and, and so on. Uh, my first book, WTF, which stands for willing to fail. Yeah. Uh, I recommend people start there. It's a, a short, easy read, but it really is. It's embracing failure. You talked about doubt, Kelsey, and, and I love doubt. I love the the word no. I love making mistakes. And it's been a mind shift for me that has helped us be super successful. So uh, I'd love to know that people get out there and make mistakes and fail hard and and learn from that to get to a better place. So yeah, Google, put me, put me in there. You'll find me and find what you're looking for and just love sharing my passion on business and people with, with others. So thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. We wish you all the best in the future and hopefully see you out in the Whistler mountains one day. (laughs) There you go. Awesome. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Riedel. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.